Praise the Lord, everyone. We were just um, singing that song, You Are Holy, and I was just, you know, when some words just hit you harder than other times, and when it says, um, I'm going to forget them now. Um, Here in your courts, where I'm close to your throne, I found where I belong. And um, this isn't part of my message, but if you're looking for somewhere to belong, it's not outside of God's presence. It's only found in him. Most of us could testify of the times we've looked to belong to something, to someone, to something greater than ourselves. And the only place we can truly find true belonging, where you are you and you don't have to be anyone else, it's just you and God is the only one that you can find that will truly take you in his arms and tell you that you belong, that you're a part of his family. Anyways, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that we have found a place to belong tonight, Lord, that, God, you called us out, Lord Jesus, and you've placed us in your family, God, in your body, in your kingdom for such a time as this, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word tonight that we can listen to you, speak to us, Jesus, and change us. And I pray, Lord, that you would anoint what I have to say tonight, Lord God, that it would be heard, Lord, that it would fall on good ground, Lord Jesus, that the seed, Lord, would take root in our hearts and that we would be changed forever, Lord. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've had a number of, um, I guess, I would say spiritual experiences um, dark spiritual experiences over the past couple of years. Um, and it's, it goes like this. I'll be asleep. Um, it'll be in the middle of the night. I've already gone to bed. I've fallen asleep. It's pitch black. It's dark. And I felt something or thought I saw someone or something in my room. Um, so one of the experiences is I have seen what I thought was a mouse running across my pillow. Um, I must have seen a vision or, and it's very weird and I've prayed about it because I think it is a spiritual thing. It's not just my mind going crazy. But my response to this experience every single time has been ninja speed to the light. Um, And sometimes, you know, I'll go to the light, turn it on and I'll be like, oh, there's nothing there. And then I suddenly think, wow, I have gone really quickly from where I was to that light switch. And Every time my heart's racing still, I'm still quite like, oh my goodness, was that true? Was, that, was there really a mouse on my pillow? And I go looking down the side of the bed. But because light has illuminated the room, I'm instantly no longer scared because I can see what's around me. I can see, okay, there's no mouse. It was just, you know, I may, may have eaten something weird before I went to bed. Now, for those of you with children, you may need to put a small nightlight in uh, your child's room because they might be scared of the dark. And I would dare to say most of us at some point or another, even as adults, have felt scared of the dark. I don't think it's just something that happens to children. I am 37 years old and I still at times get scared of the dark. Um, Many horrible crimes happen in the middle of the night. It is in the secret place of darkness that things happen because... It's hidden. No one else can see it. I won't be found out. Now, one of my favorite things to do each morning is when I wake up, I open all the blinds in my home. Vanessa can testify to this. Her room's all dark and she's asleep. But I'll get up and the first thing I do is open all the blinds and let all the sunlight in. There is something powerful about light. 
Genesis 1 verse 1 to 4 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. In the beginning, the earth was dark. There was nothing. There was no light. But when God moved and when he spoke, light came into existence and darkness had to leave. The darkness had no power when light entered that space. Darkness had to concede. It had to yield its power to the light. But tonight, I'm not just here to talk about physical light and darkness. And this is what I love about Jesus and creation and the world that we live in. Our creator gave us the physical world with the spiritual in mind. And so often what we experience in our physical life can be paralleled or it's a direct correlation with our spiritual life. And so I want to talk about the spiritual aspect of light and darkness tonight. And the title of my message is, Are You Lost in the Dark or in the Light? John chapter 1 verse 1 to 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it's a bit of a tongue twister, that one. The word word here in this scripture means logos in the Greek, which means the plan or the thought of God. Jesus was the plan. He was the thought. He wasn't there as the physical man, Jesus, but the plan was there in the beginning. Verse 3 says, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him, Jesus was life and the life was the light of men. Our spiritual life comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. And that life brought light to all humanity. And verse 5 says, and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus came to the earth and his light shined in the darkness. And just like physical darkness cannot withstand physical light, the spiritual darkness of our world cannot withstand the spiritual light of Jesus Christ. The New Living Translation says verse 5 like this, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. It doesn't matter the power of sin in the world, The power of Jesus Christ, the light, is all the more powerful and darkness is unable to extinguish it. Are you thankful for the light? Are you thankful for Jesus and the power that is in his name? Amen. Many of us here tonight would be able to testify of what it was like to come into the light of Jesus Christ for the first time. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him. Why? Because he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. We didn't belong. 
We had nowhere to go. We were just strangers in a land, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy. We didn't have mercy back then. Again, we were just wandering in darkness, not knowing where we were going to go. Don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what my future is. I can't see anything, but now we have obtained mercy and he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I've always uh, been in church, so to speak. I grew up in a church, not this one, but we grew up knowing the name of Jesus. We knew about God. So my experience of coming to the light may be a little bit different from someone who didn't grow up in a church, but I've still needed the light. And there have been times in my life where I've been sitting in darkness and felt utter hopelessness. Have you been there? A place of darkness, a place of hopelessness. The darkness in my life was overwhelming. I felt like there was absolutely no hope for me. I couldn't see in front of me. There was no future for my life. I couldn't feel God. I couldn't touch him. And I was groping around trying to find where to go. But I was lost in the dark. Have you ever been lost or felt lost in the dark? And then a light comes on. You immediately feel some relief because you can now find your way around. That's what happened to me. Jesus turned a light on and he called me out of that darkness and into his marvelous light. John 8 and 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world and that light brings life to those who follow after him. Now, I'd been in darkness for a while, trying to hide my sin from everyone. And when that light came on in my life, it was incredibly bright. It was quite revealing and made me feel very vulnerable. Have you ever as a, I don't know, I think it's mostly a teenager thing where you're sleeping and you just want to stay in bed and you don't want to get up and your mum comes in and she either turns on the light or she opens the blinds and the sun hits you and you're just like, oh, go away. Leave me alone. I just want to try to hide for some time. Here, this light was shining into the darkest parts of my heart and revealing all that I had been trying to hide for so long. And to be honest, it didn't feel so good at the time. And I guess that's why so many people choose not to come to the light. John 3 verse 19 to 21 says, And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. Why would you want to come to light for your deeds to be corrected and, and, uh, you know, told to be you're wrong and you need to change? We want to hide those things. But verse 21 says, but he that does truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. We can hide if we choose to. We have the choice to decide whether we will be called out of darkness into his light or we can choose to stay lost in the dark. The problem with choosing to stay lost in the dark is that there are consequences to this choice. Just like prolonged time in darkness has an impact on our physical bodies, So does spending prolonged time in spiritual darkness. And studies show 
the following impacts on people who spend too much time in physical darkness. So we all have an internal body clock. Some of us, our body clock's a little bit off and we sleep in the daytime and not in the nighttime. But it's called, I think it's circadian or circadian system. But your internal body clock, when you spend too much time in the darkness and it doesn't take long, it falls out of sync with the rest of the world. You do not know or cannot tell what time it is. You can't tell whether it's day or night. You might think it's day, but it's actually night. Or you might think it's night and it's actually day. Um, Time goes slower when you spend a lot of time in the dark. You just completely get lost. There is no central kind of system. There's nothing to keep you straight. And as Christians, we need to know the time that we are living in. We are in the last days. The Bible helps us to discern the time that we are living in. But if we choose to spend time without the light, we will become less aware of what is going on around us. Another impact of long-term isolation in darkness is that your body produces a chemical that makes you sleepy. That's why at nighttime when it starts to get darker, your body starts to relax and you're ready to go to sleep. You become lethargic. You stop being active and you just survive. You're not really doing anything amazing. You spend more of your time sleeping than being awake. And again, as Christians, we cannot afford to become lethargic. We are called into the light, not just to enjoy it, but to shine it on those around us. The church needs active members, people that will involve themselves in the kingdom of God. If we're sleepy or lethargic, if we're not active, how does the kingdom grow? It can't just be the people in the leadership team that does all the work. I mean, we can try, but we're probably going to peter out. We're going we're gonna to become lethargic and need a lot of sleep. But we need the whole body to get together and be involved in the kingdom of God. Every single one of us has a job to do. It's not just up to one group of people or this group of people. It is up to every single one of us. We are all called to do something for God. Prolonged time in darkness can damage your eyes, meaning you're not able to see clearly anymore. Jesus wants to reveal more of himself to us. He wants to show us things. He wants to give us visions and dreams of what's to come. But if our eyesight is damaged because we are sitting in darkness, then we cannot see clearly what he is trying to show us. When you spend time in dark places for a long period of time, your brain can start to play tricks on you and exaggerate certain emotions in your mind. When it's dark or it's those uh, colder, more dreary months of winter, there is there's actually a, a specific, I don't think you'd call it a disease, but a, a mental condition where you can actually get, I think it's called SAD and it stands for, you know, something, something dark. Like it's about being sad in winter in dark times. We can feel down, we can feel depressed or sad and these emotions can increase because of a lack of sunlight. The enemy likes nothing more than to capture us on a roller coaster ride of emotions. And these emotions are exaggerated and there is no consistent balance in our lives when we choose to stay lost in the dark. When we stay lost in the dark, we become uncommitted, unattached to the family of God. We become blind to what God is doing in our midst and we become emotionally unstable. Are you lost in the dark tonight? Well, I have good news for you. You don't have to stay in the dark. 
The enemy likes to make us feel that the darkness is where it's safe and that being in the light is dangerous. But the devil is a liar and he is the father of all lies. And he is, these lies are from the pit of hell. The opposite is the truth. It is dangerous to live in the darkness for the reasons I just mentioned earlier. Living in the light is where it is safe. The enemy would like you to believe that allowing someone to see your sin or your weakness or your flaw would bring shame upon you. But I want to read to you Psalm chapter 34, verse 5 and 6. It says, They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. If you're in trouble, you can cry out to God. You can look upon him, let his glory shine that light into your heart, and your face will not be ashamed. And I speak from personal experience. The best thing you can do is to bring your darkness, your sin, your problem, your weakness, whatever it is, to the light. Micah 7 Verse 8 to 10 says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. That's when I fall, not just when I'm having, uh, when other people are doing bad things and I feel like I'm in their darkness. It's when I've fallen, God is still able to be a light unto me. Verse 9 says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it and shame shall cover her which said unto me, where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. You know, there are sometimes consequences in our life for our sin. That's just how it goes. The Lord washes it away. In his eyes, we are righteous. But in our life, there is judgment. There is punishment. If you steal something and you get caught, you're going to have to pay the consequence of that. But I love how Micah says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord. I will be patient with whatever judgment comes, but he will bring me to the light and I will behold his righteousness. And what does verse 10 says? My enemy, the accuser of my soul, shall see it and shame shall cover him. You see, the enemy thinks that when we bring our secret hidden parts to him, that we will feel the shame. But ultimately, all God sees is righteousness. The shame is what the devil feels. That's what he gets. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14 says, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Verse 13 says, let us walk honestly as in the day. Let us walk in the light, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, not in things that people do in the dark. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. My brothers and sisters, family of God, the night is far spent. It's almost gone and our day of salvation is almost here. We heard it this morning that we've been called out of darkness. We don't have to fear it. 
We don't have to worry about it. We are going to be with Jesus in the light. And that final day will come when he takes us to be with him. So what do we have to do in this life? We have to cast off the works of darkness. We have to repent and we have to put on the armor of light. How do we do that? Verse 14 says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. The New Living Translation says to clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus. We sung tonight, his presence is heaven to me. His presence is heaven to me. Sometimes we can come into his presence and we become so familiar with it. And all he, he, he is holy and he is righteous and he's so powerful. And when we come into his presence, sometimes we think, oh, I've done this before. I, nothing's going to change. But if we will focus our mind, if we will put the presence of Jesus on, we can live above sin. Every day we've got to choose to say no to darkness. We've got to choose to cast it off and put on light. Every day we must choose to say no to the flesh and submit ourselves to the Lord. Psalm 119 and 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is a great illuminator. It helps guide our path and show us the way to go. If you're feeling like you're lost in the dark and you don't know where to go, open up this Bible, read the words that are in it. And I can tell you, 100% guarantee you, if you are willing, you will see where to go. God will show you. He will shine a light into your life. He will bring light into your darkness. The amazing thing is, is that it can be done by the Spirit of God and by his word, we can live in the light. We can walk in the light. If you're feeling a little lost tonight in the dark, if you feel like your vision has been dulled or you're feeling overwhelmed or fearful, the solution is to clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus. Repent. Ask him to cover you with his wings, as it were, and you'll be amazed at how stepping into his light will change you. Change how you feel. Change what you see. Now, there were two parts to my title. Are you lost in the dark or are you lost in the light? Well, how can we be lost in the light? Maybe you've heard of light pollution. It's the artificial light that contaminates our night sky, which in turn limits our ability to view the stars. And I remember when we used to go caravanning in the bush, um, we don't like people when we're traveling. We're not very touristy. So we like to go into the middle of nowhere where there's nothing. Um, and we would be in the middle of nowhere and we would walk away from the, um, the campfire or the light that we had going and we'd look up into the sky and you would wait for your eyes to adjust a little. And the sky just, it lit up. Whereas if, you know, if you go outside here when it gets dark, You'll see a few stars. You'll see the main ones, but you'll miss just the galaxy. It's beautiful. It is amazing. The stars are clearer and brighter the further away you go from all the artificial light. If you want to look through a telescope to see stars in deep space, you have to go somewhere that's pitch black. And only then can you see the night sky as it truly is, littered with stars and planets. The true, real, natural light shines its brightest in the darkest of places. And sometimes as Christians, our lives can become polluted with so much artificial light that we end up lost in the light. 
We become accustomed to this light and we can be distracted from the true need that exists in our world. Artificial light can include any kind of thing that distracts us. It could be entertainment, it could be money, it could be a job, it could be holidays or shopping or busyness. All these things can sometimes give us a sense of happiness or, or satisfaction, kind of like light. But ultimately, if we are not leaving room in our lives to see the darkness, then we cannot see people who are in desperate need of rescue. Church, we must not be fooled into thinking that people don't need the true light of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, And no marvel, don't, don't wonder, don't be amazed, For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan himself has a way of deceiving us and making it look like everyone is living in light, including himself. When you look out on the world, you think everyone's having a grand old time. And I'm not saying that everyone's living in terrible, terrible conditions physically, but spiritually speaking, there is a darkness in the hearts of people that don't know Jesus. We must not be fooled by Satan's tactics. This world is full of hurting people that once you take away the light pollution, you see they are living in darkness. But sometimes I think we allow that artificial light to fill our lives because we're fearful of the dark, but we do not need to be scared of the dark. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If we stay close to the Lord, if we clothe ourselves in his presence and we soak up his word, we do not need to fear the darkness, for he is our light. We read before in 1 John 1 and 5, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The light shines in darkness. Light can only be seen when there's darkness around. You must go into the darkness in order to see the light shine. Now, does that mean we participate in the acts that happen in darkness? No, of course not. But our calling is to shine. Philippians 2.15 says, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom... Ye shine as lights in the world. We can remain blameless and not negatively impacted by the darkness of this world. We can live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And as we do, we shine among them as lights. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. We are the light of the world. We are now the light of the world. It's not just Jesus. We are candles in the darkness. I was reading up on the science of light and shadows this week and I came across this when the sun's rays finally reach the earth they're like a lot long 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 way away but when they hit reach the earth they hit whatever is in their path so let's say that's the sun right 
I'm the thing it's going to hit. Now I've got start like little blotches in my eyes. <laughs> if the object they hit is opaque or not transparent, so it's like me, I'm not, you can't see through me, okay? The light cannot pass through and a shadow forms. You can't really see it on here, but it is there. A shadow forms. Simply speaking, a shadow is an absence of light, just like darkness. That's all darkness is. It's just the absence of light. If light cannot get through an object, the surface on the other side of that object, the ground, the wall, whatever it is, will have less light reaching it. And so tonight I want to ask you, does the light of Jesus shine through you? When his light shines, are you transparent or are you opaque? Is that light free to shine before men or do you cast shadows on those around you? Do you try to hide the light inside of you? We are called to shine, to be that city on the top of a hill, as it were, burning bright, illuminating the darkness around us. We do not need to be afraid of the dark. We just need to allow his spirit to flow in us and through us, to consume his word and to share it with the world. And in this, we will shine. If I could have a musician to the piano, please. There's a place on the coast of Ghana in West Africa called Cape Coast Castle. And uh, this old castle was originally used for trading and then as a fort. But at the height of the transatlantic slave trade, it was used to house slaves while they were awaiting transportation to America. And under these buildings, dungeons were added Uh, to house up to 1,500 or 1,500 slaves at any one time. They were crammed in, it was tiny rooms. It wasn't like a big hotel. The time that one person spent down there could be anywhere between three and six months. And they were crammed in tiny rooms, chained, forced to lie in their own excrement for months in pitch darkness. There was no light. It was dark. And I know this is a bit confronting, But can you just for a moment imagine how that must have felt? Can you imagine the smells, the utter hopelessness? They weren't given food or, or water or anything. The utter hopelessness that they must have felt living in these horrific conditions. Well, today, Cape Coast Castle is a tourist attraction to highlight the terrible atrocities of the slave trade and They take you through these dungeons to experience with your imagination the horrible situation that these people lived in utter darkness and no hope. And as you stand in this dungeon feeling that that burden, that overwhelming sense of this was not a nice place, the tour guide asks you a question and he says, guess what's right above these dungeons? And obviously no one knows. And so he gives you the answer and he says, a chapel. A chapel, think about that for a moment. It's a church, a place of worship, a place of hope, a place of light sits right above the place where hundreds and thousands were held captive in utter hopelessness and darkness. And history says that sometimes these people below could hear the prayers and the songs sung by those in that church. But those in the church were oblivious or ignorant of what was happening just a few feet below. My brothers and sisters, I am eternally grateful that Jesus called me out of that darkness. 
and into his marvellous light. And I will forever praise him and lift him up for the miracles that he has performed in my life. And yes, it was Jesus that ultimately brought me into the light, but it was also the hands and feet of people before me that reached out and led me to Jesus. It was people that were not afraid of the dark to come and take my hand. They weren't afraid of the dungeon. And they say would, would say, let me introduce you to someone that can bring light into your darkness and hope to your hopelessness. It was men and women that were not distracted by artificial light that could see me in the darkness and had enough of the light of Jesus inside of them to come and pull me out. Let's stand tonight. If you feel like you're a little lost in the light, you've been consumed by too many distractions, or maybe you just need a little reminder that there are other people that need help, that are stuck in dungeons, that are in darkness. Maybe your lamp has dimmed a little and you feel lost in the dark. You can connect to the light source tonight. Maybe you've got things in your heart that you're trying to hide. Let me reassure you tonight. Jesus is here to shine his light on those hidden things. Not to bring you shame, not to make you feel like a terrible person. But if you will repent, he will help you through those things. I've been there. So many of us have been there. If we would just bring it to the light, the power of the darkness is gone. The power of the enemy has dissipated. There is no power when it is brought into the light. Maybe you've got a lot going on in your mind or you've just simply become comfortable in his light and have forgotten what it's like to see people in the dark. Jesus wants to draw you close to him so that you can feel his heartbeat for the world. So tonight, these altars are open. If you'd like to come and present yourself to him and just be reminded that we are called, not out of darkness, just to sit in the light, but to reach for others. We are called to shine. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.